Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church Podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. A reminder that if you want to watch the entire service, our services are available on our YouTube channel linked in the podcast notes. We would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available, and you can do this using your favorite podcasting app. We would love it if you would help to support the missions and ministries here at Beach Grove through your tithes and your offerings. A donation link is also linked in the notes below. And lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice with blossom. Like the circus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here's your God. We will come with vengeance and with terrible recompense. We will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning and sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, nor not even fools shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up Onto it, they shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with the singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and signing shall flee away. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us go to God in prayer. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that in this message for us this day, we would continue down this path that we call Advent, continuing to prepare ourselves and to look for the joy as we await the birth of your Son, our Savior, for it's in his name we pray. Amen. So I'll do this every so often. I'll give you guys insight into the mind that is Uh, Pastor Andrew writing a sermon. Um, And if you ever want to just see all sorts of craziness, just come and and watch me in the office on Tuesdays when I'm actually trying to uh, fill out my manuscript as I do these things. But in my preparation, the, the first thing that I do, so, you know, months in advance, I will put these series together and I'll start to to bring together scriptures, I'll bring together themes. In fact, I already have all of our series and and scriptures and everything planned for the next year. I kind of got ahead on that, but I get all of these scriptures planned. 
And then as it starts to get a little bit closer, a couple of weeks before, I'll start to look at the scripture for the sermon that I'm going to preach. Now, as you can imagine, this is overlapping messages on messages. I'm, I'm constantly in sermon writing mode. But so the first thing that I do before I start putting words together on paper, before I start doing anything, is I read through the scripture or scriptures for the week. I'll read through it several times. And each time I'll kind of note words and phrases that just kind of smack me right in the face, especially as I'm thinking about the themes that have uh, at one point in time spoken to me. Uh, Hopefully they speak to me again. And I remember beginning to prepare this uh, sermon back, back before Thanksgiving, and I started reading through this passage in Isaiah 35, and I just remember the first thing that stuck out to me was that first verse, the desert shall rejoice and blossom. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, what an odd concept that you would associate blossoming with the desert, right? The desert is a, oftentimes a very dry and arid place. And, and so I, I just kind of noted that. And I remember I have a note-taking app on my phone with my Apple Pencil. And I kind of, I wrote that down. I said, desert bloom and like a big question mark. Like, what, is, what does this mean? Or, or what does it mean for us to, to be blossoming in the desert? And now, once I go through that scriptures, we start to get a little bit closer. I start to look for commentaries. And these are uh, people who are much smarter than I am, uh, expounding upon these, these scriptures, uh, helping me to gain insight about what is happening in these scriptures that help to kind of uh, reassert all of the ideas that I feel the Spirit is speaking to me. And I remember reading one, and it's striking me because... This, the, the commentator says, when the wilderness blooms, when the desert is fertile, it's as if nature itself sings a chorus of hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you all, this concept of desert blossoming was still kind of in my mind as I was doing this because I was thinking about that word rejoice. We rejoice as if the desert is blossoming. Now, still confused, I had to do a little bit of deep detective diving, and this is where my ADHD plays its best role, because I can can deep dive on the internet like anybody. I can go from one Wikipedia page to another. I can dive into Google without trying at all and get to the just the most random stuff that ever could could happen. And I come across within this commentary is this idea called the super bloom. Has anybody ever heard of a super bloom? No, me either. And, and, and you know why we haven't heard of a super bloom? Because we live in Virginia. So a super bloom is a phenomenon that is found within deserts. And within the United States, it's mostly found in those western states where you have all these deserts. And a super bloom, uh, I, this, is, this is off of, I think I got it off of Wikipedia, but I could be wrong. I, I, when I do Wikipedia, I cross-reference it. So it probably might be National Geographic. It's defined as a rare desert botanical phenomenon in which an unusually high proportion of wildflowers whose seeds have laid dormant in the desert soil germinate and blossom at roughly the same time. The phenomenon is associated with an unusually wet rainy season. Now, when you get home, because if I, if I had a projector, I'd have a picture of this up. When you get home, if you have access to a computer, Google Superbloom. It is probably literally one of the most beautiful things you will ever see in your life. It is literally a desert landscape covered, covered with pastel-colored flowers. And when I saw this, 
my mind of Desert Bloom completely changed. Why? Because again, when we think of a desert, and, and I want to remind myself and everybody else, that's desert with one S, not dessert. As much as we want cake and cookies, it's desert. When we think of a desert, we think of this dry and this arid place. We think of sand. We think of tumbleweed. We think of nothingness. We think of cactuses. We think of animals who are braving the elements. We think of high temperatures. We don't think of of millions upon millions of beautiful flowers blossoming up. And so when they say rare, they really mean rare. The last one happened in 2018, and they don't think the next one will happen for another five to ten years. But you think about that moment when those flowers start to blossom up, when those flowers start to bloom. And much like those Christmas lights that we talked about with the kids, the joy that comes forth when the desert blossoms. And even in a rare occurrence, we think about that nature of joy in the midst of those long, dark seasons. Right? A passage like this leaves us to wrestle with this nature of joy as we live out our lives, as we experience the ups and the downs the light and the darkness, as we experience this dualistic nature of this life on earth that we try and label, there is within it this area of joy. And so today's prophecy from Isaiah calls us to confront the hope and the promise of joy as it's given by God. So we're on to our third Christmas card of this Advent season And as we open our envelope and pull it out, we see on the cover, justice in the desert. Now you may be wondering, Pastor, why justice and not joy? It is, in fact, the Sunday of joy. Right, the theme for this third week, we light the pink Advent candle. It is Gaudet Sunday, the Sunday of rejoicing. And if we were reading the gospel text for today, we'd be reading the interaction between Mary and Elizabeth when Mary comes in and the the baby Jesus in the womb of Mary jumps and rejoices for joy at the sight. Not, Not, sorry, the baby John in Elizabeth's stomach jumps and rejoices for joy at the sight of Mary and what she is holding. But instead, we here in this time have turned our attention to Isaiah and the prophecies that Isaiah has for us. Because one of the things we recognize in the birth of Jesus is not just the joy, but the impact that the joy has on our lives. Because the joy that we celebrate in the season of Advent and in the season of Christmas is the joy of God's justice for the world. Right, listen again to to, to verses 5 through 7 as Isaiah is prophesying and Isaiah is talking about a world that will rejoice. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be opened. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And so I ask us to reflect that 
isn't one of the ideals that we have held on from our Judaic roots, that promise of the joy that is rooted in God's justice and peace and mercy for the world? Right? It's, it's not a joy that's rooted in, in some petty justice that we think serves just us, that makes us feel powerful, that makes us feel accomplished, that makes us have this ability to think we puff our chests out. But you see, it's in God's justice that we experience the joy that all creation not only knows God, not only experiences what God has for us, but lives within this knowledge and understanding, this society that has been created around God's justice and joy. You see, when we, when we dive into Isaiah, when we look at how Isaiah is writing, we see this nature in which Isaiah points us to the workings of God in the world. Isaiah is trying to point the Israelites to this nature in which the role that God can play in the nation of Judah and so we've, we've kind of traveled further into Isaiah. This will be the furthest that we travel into Isaiah. In fact, this is the first time that we will make it out of, this is the only time we'll make it out of the first 10 chapters of Isaiah. Next week, we're going to drop back into chapter 7. But we come here into chapter 35, and the Israelites are on the precipice of being conquered by the Babylons. This is towards the end of this per, first part of Isaiah. And Isaiah in this time is, is seeing what is happening in Israel. If we look at some of the chapters that surround this prophecy, we see a story being told of, of Israel trying to make alliances with other nations, with Egypt, with Assyria, and eventually with Babylon. And Isaiah is saying, whoa, 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 wait, are we putting our faith and trust in human sources or are we relying on the God who loves us, the God who brings us joy, the God who will bring us justice? Are we becoming blind to the work that God is doing through us? And Isaiah is here warning, warning King Hezekiah, that, that, that just and that right king that we talked about last week, even him is not without his fallacies of welcoming the Assyrians into the holy city of Jerusalem to create an alliance and pack. And Isaiah coming here in chapter 35 and is trying to remind the Israelites to point the Israelites to a world of what it can look like when they put their trust and their faith in the God who created them. Prophecies of the prophet Isaiah warning Jerusalem about this impending future and yet pausing, Isaiah does, here in chapter 35 to look at the joy that is possible. To say, look, even in this barren and arid wasteland, there is potential for the blossoming of God's justice, of God's grace. It's a reminder to the people and leaders of Judah that they need to continue to trust. And that if they continue down this path of forsaking God, it's only going to lead to and result in their downfall, which it, it does. Because ultimately, not too long after many of these prophecies in this latter part of First Isaiah, are the Israelites conquered by the Babylonians 
exiled out of their land. Their temple is burned. The house of the Lord. And they are left to wrestle with truly who is their God now without the place that they have called home for so long. Isaiah knows that there is judgment for the nations, but it is God's justice and God's people and God's creation that will stand firm. Right? Justice shall reign. And Isaiah proclaims that. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. What a contrast to this understanding of exile. What a contrast to this understanding of desert. In the midst of suffering, God's Spirit rains down and brings justice for those who seek the joy of God. And as we, as Christians who are here unpacking these Hebrew Scriptures, as we are trying to connect it to our faith, to what we believe, we see the story of Jesus begin to come into play. And we recognize that joy that I mentioned earlier in Mary. In Jesus' birth, we ourselves are are offered this opportunity to experience the joy of God through the justice that God has been calling upon from the moment of creation. It's an opportunity for the world to be redeemed, a promise of a holy city, a place for the people of God to dwell. In our Christian tradition, in our faith, looking towards not a, not a physical place, but a spiritual one that we enter into with our hearts open and our minds and spirits ready to receive what God offers to us. This is a message for the wilderness. Right, The Israelites are not in the wilderness yet, and yet Isaiah is preparing them for the wilderness. And what it will look like to come out of the wilderness. Right, The metaphorical natures of, of those verses 5 through 7. Right, Isaiah is not talking about a literal blind person gaining sight, but to talk about those who are blind to the injustices of the kingdom to celebrate the joy of God's people coming together. Those who are deaf to the cries of the needy, those who feign lame, those who use their tongue for harm. It's a message that the joy of the world is meant for those who live, exist, spread, share, seek God's justice and God's kingdom within it. It's that all too familiar tune That we sing every Christmas, joy to the world. My Savior reigns. And in the Savior's reign, we continue to see both hope and peace. We recognize the call to each as we live out the joy of the world. And we recognize that the desert may be dry. You know what, friends? The days of the rains are coming when justice shall come forth, when the desert shall bloom, when the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk again. The day is coming when the spirit of the one we are moving towards this season will truly usher forth this era of peace, of joy, through the bringing together of nations, of people. 
We look towards Judah as an opportunity to know and understand that it, that it comes in faith in God and God's kingdom. When we build that greater community, it comes in the shouts of joy as we experience that transformational change in our lives. What we are left to wrestle with is how are we making justice out of joy that God offers in this world? Amen.